following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It Podcast with Brittany Page and Jesse Dallimore. Episode 730 of I Doubt It. Thanks for joining us. I'm your host, Jesse Dollimore. Joined today, the lovely, the talented, the scholarly, Brittany Page. You like that abbreviated, abbreviated intro? Real quick. Jumping right on it. No fuss, no muss, no fucking frills. I guess. I guess it was good. Doing it fast. Coming in hot. Maybe a crash landing. So let's talk about what's happening in Orange County. Orange County just moved into a lower tier, meaning that more things can open. And one of the things that can open is movie theaters. Movie theaters can now open in the orange tier. And I saw a posting from Orange County that said, uh, try to, if you go into the movie theater, reduce your eating and drinking. Minimize it. Minimize your eating and drinking while in the movie theater. And I was reading this, and I'm sitting there thinking, I just, I kind of have gotten used to watching movies at home. Like, we just started and paused, because we're toward the end of it, but haven't finished it. The Father, with Anthony Hopkins and uh, Olivia Coleman. So far... Pretty great. Yeah, it's it's really good. I have no idea what's going on. Like, I think there's going to be a twist. I think the twist is that there's not going to be a twist. It's just a sad movie about a guy in his declining years. Yeah, I think that that's probably where it's headed. But I feel like I've adjusted to watching movies at home. And also the whole germ thing has really ratcheted up. So I feel like I'm going to feel even more uncomfortable than I used to sitting in a movie theater seat let me pose a question yeah i want to gather myself and figure out exactly how to ask it okay who the fuck are these people who are going to go see in movies right now (laughs) i mean come on well there's plenty there's plenty plenty of people i mean listen we talk about people who haven't and don't take the pandemic seriously who don't live their lives in a precautious kind of way or cautious kind of way I don't think precautious is a word. It is <laughs> we both now, looked though. at each other like, um... <laughs> Episode title, hashtag precautious. Yeah. Um, but that, that seems like extra, like in your face reckless. I mean, I don't know. If there's a warning that's telling you, like, minimize the essential activity that you go here to do. <laughs> you know, I mean, popcorn, drinking the soda, it's such an essential part of going to the movies, at least for me. I, I, not even that. I mean, if you think about, like, all the studies that are done about where the germs are collected and where the most fecal matter gets, you know, collected into Petri dishes, the next thing you're going to be telling me is, this COVID advice, the best place to store your cash is in your mouth. I mean, no, that is, that is a nightmare for even people who aren't germaphobes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we, we obviously aren't going to be going to the movies anytime soon, (laughs) You think? but like I said, I think it's because we're, we're comfortable doing it at home. I mean, the fact that they are starting to release movies, you pay 20 bucks at home. Like we did with the father. Watch it. Well, you have, they have a lot of rules when you buy it. If once you start it, you have like 48 hours to get it done. No, no. Once you, yeah, once you start, you have 30 days to watch it, but once you start, click play, you have 48 hours. Too many rules. The clock rules. is ticking. Too many rules. It's like, it's like a Kiefer, Kiefer, is it Kiefer or Kiefer? I don't know what you're Sutherland. Uh, it's Kiefer. Yeah, Kiefer Sutherland. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a, it's the ticking clock. Super. 24. Very, yeah, very. Uh, contemporary reference I'm making right now. Yeah. <laughs> How long's that show been off the air? The show that I never watched. I never watched it either, but I remember the commercials. I remember the commercials. Very stressful. Very stressful commercials. That is correct. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this gives us kind of that the, the perfect opportunity to one more time, one last time. We have gotten a few, mm-hmm. but one last time to send in your 
What are you looking forward to most of things getting back to normal? Speaking of dining out, speaking of of putting money in your mouth, speaking of uh, sitting in a movie theater, Mm -hmm. uh, listener Carissa put out a call. She had this great idea. I believe it is a good idea. And we don't have to make a special episode about it. We've, I think we've got enough now to, to do like a little segment. Mm-hmm. But we could do a little longer segment. That would be great. Send them in. Send in your, 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 your voice memos from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. Keep them brief. Minute and a half. Two minutes. You don't have to say who you are if you don't want to. What is it that you're looking forward to most coming out of what we've experienced over the course of the last year and few months. And in the subject line, make sure you write looking forward. Looking forward. Speaking of vaccines mm-hmm. and looking forward, we do have a call that came in a couple weeks ago, um, or at least just shy of getting in it in the last episode that we want to share with you. Hello, Brittany and Jesse. I'm not really calling uh, in regards to any particular episode. Um, I'm calling in regards to... Um, you know, the ongoing conversations about the pandemic. Specifically, my husband has uh, an autoimmune disorder. He has multiple sclerosis. And the only disorder I have is I'm 61. But after repeated (laughs) attempts to get an appointment uh, here in Buffalo, New York, I was finally able to make an appointment for Tuesday, March 23rd for our first dose. And then uh, the second dose um, was automatically scheduled. And I didn't realize how anxious I have been until I got that sweet, sweet email with the confirmation. And as you can hear, the emotion in my voice. Um, So I'm so relieved. Um, And I just cannot wait to be able to go back to some semblance of normal. Thank you so much for uh, the conversations Um, around this and around everything else. I very much look forward to your shows. Um, And thank you for sharing that you got your own COVID vaccine. I think it's important for people to know that. Anyway, I'm uh, super relieved um, and uh, look forward to uh, more episodes. Thanks. Well, I totally feel that emotion and I felt the exact same way. It was... I mean, it was emotional. It was profound. And I don't remember if it was my first shot or my second shot, but during my 15-minute waiting period, an Earth, Wind, and Fire song was playing. Really? Yeah. And I was just sitting there like... Serendipity. I know. This is just perfect. I get to sit here and listen to Earth, Wind, and Fire. I'm getting inoculated. That's so much joy. Um, But Jesse, you are getting ready to soon get your, your second dose, and then you will also be fully vaccinated. Yeah, and I also, I think I mentioned it on the show, when I did get the first shot, I was checking in and starting to well up with emotion. Mm-hmm. And then as I got it, um, I didn't get the vibe that the the lady giving me the shot didn't give a shit. But I certainly, I was like, she's doing her job, I don't want to. And if I start talking about it, then it's just the floodgates are going to open. Mm-hmm. But absolutely, I felt the emotion. And I don't even have an underlying condition, other than being fatter than I should be. Like, you know, I don't have a... You know, I'm not 61. I don't have the kind of problems that 61-year-olds have. Mm-hmm. It's a joke. <laughs> Didn't she call that her underlying condition that mm-hmm. she's 61? Correct. So uh, I'm I'm with you, caller. I don't know if she left her name, so I'm not going to do that. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Um, super emotional, especially if you have somebody in your life who is really, really at risk. So Yeah. So one thing that um, I did after getting my vaccine, but not not everyone I'm learning when I talk to people, um, is the V-Safe after vaccination health tracker. And this is something that you can sign up for. It's a smartphone-based tool, and they use text messages to send you a survey after your vaccine. It's like a little health check-in to see what your symptoms are after your shot. And if you, I mean, weeks down the line after you are fully vaccinated, they'll continue to message you every week to see if you have contracted COVID-19, if you've tested positive for COVID-19. It's a survey that takes you like 30 seconds For the first week, I think they do it every day. And then after that, it's just once a week. Yeah. And uh, someone from CDC may call to check on you and get more information depending on your answers to the survey. But it is useful. 
If you are interested in that, go to cdc.gov slash vsafe and sign up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thanks for the call. We appreciate it. I think we have one email before we move on with the, seriously, this is like Trump-level uh, topics to talk about. I think we've got four or five different things on the board to address that hasn't been this kind of a news cycle in a long time. Mm-hmm. Exciting. Hello, Jesse and Brittany. It's been almost one year since the murder of George Floyd. After one year since millions of people around the world stood up and said change the way police treat black people, right now, the trial of that ex-cop is all over the news. You almost can't get away from it. I'm reading this email because I had a run-in with the police today. I'm black and I'm in the military. After pumping some gas, I turned to leave the pump in my car and a police officer came around the corner really fast in the parking lot from a blind spot as I began to leave it. I braked because I was paying attention and came nowhere close to him. As he passed me in the parking lot, he slowed way down and started staring me down as he passed. Mind you, he was still driving his motorcycle, not looking in front of him as he drove through the parking lot just so he could do this. At first, I was upset, but a little later, I almost started to cry. I was thinking, thank God I'm in my uniform because what if I could have been the next black man dead for nothing? My son and daughter could have lost their father today. That's why I'm writing this instead of calling. Just writing this now makes me emotional. When will this change? When will we say that the culture of policing is toxic? There is a huge trial going on right now for bad policing, and this guy did everything he could to try to intimidate me for him speeding around a corner on his motorcycle. Please don't let up on changing the way police do their jobs. Please. Thank you. D. This is, listen, good cops would agree that there are a lot of bad cops. It's like good people in the military. You you would you would uh, agree with, I'm sure. D. There's a lot of dick faces in the military. It doesn't make you an automatic hero because you've donned the uniform. And a lot of cops don't look at their job as a a charge of responsibility and honor and and duty. They look at it as an opportunity to chess somebody up, to be better, to have authority over. I can arrest you. I can fuck up your life. And too many, far too many cops look at their job and their duty that way rather than to serve and protect. And I'm, 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 I'm sorry that you have to go through that. That is uh that's a fucking nightmare, mm-hmm. a nightmare that I don't really have to deal with, but I recognize it as a problem for you. I, I mean, I'm, this brings me to the thing I've said over and over that I'm more of a Malcolm than a Martin related to activism and being aggressive. And I, I don't know. I don't know how people do it, go through life facing that kind of shit down all the time on a regular basis. Well, and D spoke to the movement that occurred across the globe after George Floyd. And there's a lot of attention on the Derek uh, Chauvin trial. And I've seen people calling it the uh, George Floyd trial. And I don't know if I've done that today. I feel like now that I'm saying it, I felt like I've done it. Hmm. And I, I think that it's important to talk about how Derek Chauvin is on trial. It is not George Floyd. On trial. I think I've seen people. I just now you brought that to my attention. I think I've seen people call it the George Floyd trial, Mm -hmm. which is fucking terrible. Because he he's the one facing Derek Chauvin charges, the murderer. Right. Well, if you have been following the trial, you will have noticed that there's a lot of emphasis being put right now on what the what the prosecutor well what the defense is doing, what how the defense is trying to distract from the fact that it is the Derek Chauvin trial. Mm -hmm. They're trying to put everything else on trial other than their client, Mm -hmm. other than the man who actually murdered on camera an innocent man, Mm -hmm. a man convicted of no crime. They are putting the witnesses on trial, people who were in the crowd, They're putting the EMTs on trial. 
They're putting the, the clerk at the gas station on trial. Anything they can to distract focus away from the guy who actually did the crime. Well, and immediately you saw racist tropes coming out of this trial from the defense attorneys. They said, quote, you will see that three Minneapolis police officers cannot overcome the strength of Floyd. Yeah. Please. Well, first of all, it wasn't an aggressive situation. We we got the tape, man. We got the fucking tape. Mm -hmm. He wasn't an over... It's not Superman you're taking down, guy. Right. It's a dude... Who was murdered over the... He, he he resisted so little that you were able to sit on his fucking neck for nine minutes. Mm-hmm. That's how little resistance there was. It just... It's disgusting. And I hope... For the sake of our country and for the sake of what's decent and just... That the jury sees it the way that reasonable people see it. Mm-hmm. Even though one of the jurors is an all lives matter lady. Is that true? That is true. So hopefully they are they are moved by that tape. Because they've also seen all kinds of other footage. It's not just the tape that outraged America and the world. So anyway. Well, in speaking of that, one thing that the defense attorneys are highlighting a lot is that they had to, quote, divert their attention away from caring for George Floyd to the growing group of of people who were surrounding them that were enraged by having witnessed um, a murder, right? Witnessing a murder in progress. And there was a tense exchange on the stand with a bystander named Donald Williams. And in the exchange on the stand, the defense attorney is repeating to him statements that he made while while watching what happened with Derek Chauvin and George Floyd. You called him a tough guy. I did. You called him a real man. I did. You called him such a man. I did. You called him bogus. I did. You called him a bum at least 13 times. That's what you counted in the video? That's what I counted. Yeah, she got 13. And that was early on, right? Those terms grew more and more angry. Would you agree with that? They grew more and more pleading for life. All right. After you called him a bum 13 times, you called him a f- That's what you heard? Did you say that? Is that what you heard? I'm asking you, sir. I'm pretty did sure you I say did. that? You heard that. I'm pretty sure you did. You call him a f- If that's what you heard, I'm sure that's I'm what I'm asking you. Did you say that? If that's what the video recorded, so I did. You called him a bit. If that's the video you heard from view. It's a yes or no, sir. If that's what was heard in the video, yes, I did. And at one point, you said that Officer Tao pushed you. That's correct. He didn't. He put his hand in my chest. Is what I said. And you observed Officer Tao push someone else, right? Or feel like you he pushed someone else? I didn't let him touch anyone else. Do you recall saying, I dare you to touch me like that. I swear I'll slap the f- of both of you. Yeah, I did. I mean to. Right. So again, sir, it's fair to say that you grew angrier and angrier. No, I grew professional and professional. And I stayed in my body. You can't pay me out to be angry. It's a strong finish. Mm-hmm. For sure a strong finish. So obviously it's an impossible situation to be in to have so much attention on you when you're on the stand, to have a defense attorney being so combative and trying to make you look bad. When honestly, if I was on the jury, I would think this is a perfectly reasonable response. And I even not on the jury, I think it's a perfectly reasonable response. If you see someone being murdered, you are going to be upset. 
especially if it's a situation where they're being murdered by someone who you can't attack. Mm-hmm. You can't defend the person being murdered because the the other person is operating under the color of law. They are armed agents of the state. Well, you have Derek Chauvin, an armed agent of the state, who's being protected by other armed agents of the state standing yes. around him. Yes. And so it it's just a it's a frustrating clip to listen to. And I, I thought it was really powerful when he responded to one of the questions. I believe you wrote down the same moment that I'm thinking of, Jesse. I wrote down a bunch. The line about more and more pleading for life. Yeah, he said, oh, you were getting more and more angry. Mm-hmm. He says, no, he said that. Right. I was I was more and more pleading for life. Right. And I think that that... That really is the most powerful moment from that interaction. And if there could have been more of that, right? I was witnessing a murder. I, I, I don't know. You tell me how I should have responded when I'm witnessing a murder, yeah. right? Knowing or at least assuming the pressures that the guy's under, it, 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 when I'm listening to it, I was just hoping against hope that he would say, that thing that you just mentioned about the murder. Every time, answering it. Oh, uh, did I call him a tough guy while he was murdering, while I was witnessing the murder? Did I call him a real man while he was murdering? Uh, Did I call him bogus and a bum 13 times while he was murdering? Yeah, yeah, I did that. Mm -hmm. I mean, mean, we're all trained in in, um, after the fact to be armchair quarterbacks, and I don't want to do that. But while I was listening to it the first time, I was like, man, how powerful would have that been? Um, You know, it's, again, moot point, but he made a good point. I think he he landed the testimony all in all, solid witness, but what the fuck do I know? I'm not some trial analyst, you know what I mean? For sure, for sure. And then at the end, the thing about um, you're not going to paint me as the the angry, as angry. Mm -hmm. You're not going to do that. You're not going to put me in a box Mm -hmm. because that's exactly what the defense attorney is doing. He is utilizing racist tropes to try to influence the jury. That this angry black man is was sitting there defending the hulkish black man who couldn't be controlled by multiple police officers at the same time. This is racism. This is white supremacy on display in a court in the United States of America in 2021. Goddamn. Mm-hmm. Unacceptable. As always, we'd love to know what you think. 657-464-7609. Of course, you can always email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. We certainly would like to move the conversation forward about this particular topic. All right. Moving on. I Doubt It is an independent podcast supported by listeners like you via Patreon. Your support on Patreon for as little as $2 a month helps keep the show going and move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you find the show informative, entertaining, or both, go to dollamore.com slash Patreon and choose the contribution level that's right for you. We would like to thank our new Patreon supporters, John H. John H. Jim D. Jim D. Rudy V. Rudy V. And we would like to thank Ruben S., Ruben S. For doubling the pledge. Fantastic. Unbelievable. Awesome. Can I can I break out the old classic? Awesome. It is awesome. <laughs> uh, there are other ways you can support us. You can go to dollamore.info, pick up some merch for the show. I am finally going to get the new logo or a version of it on a t-shirt, which would be fantastic. Those purchases do go a long way to support the show, and we love and appreciate all of the loyalty that you guys show to us all the time. All right, moving on. Dilemocracy. Facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. So with all of the talk of COVID and the vaccines, Uh, There is something right now that's being proposed, and I want to talk about it. I think that it's important from a a governmental standpoint that that the Biden administration actually utilize the power that they possess to do the right thing, not just for America, but for the rest of the world. And that is related to the suspension 
of patent protection for these vaccines. Hey, Brian, I've learned that the White House is studying whether to temporarily suspend patent protections for vaccines and treatments uh, developed to treat COVID-19 in response to specific requests from South Africa and India who have uh, lodged a formal request at the World Trade Organization to get access to these medicines. And so far, the issue has been tabled on a global scale. But now I've learned that it's risen to the highest levels within the Biden administration, according to three sources familiar with the matter. As recently as Monday of this week, a meeting of deputy level policymakers convened to discuss the issue. But I'm told by my sources that no decision was reached, although privately House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, uh, many of the members of her caucus have supported this move behind the scenes, that she has sent a private letter to the White House expressing her own support uh, for pursuing such a move. You can imagine there is fierce debate on either side of this discussion. On one hand, pharmaceutical companies say that this would compromise medical innovation uh, in the future. On the other hand, you have many developing nations who say uh, that they would like access to these medicines and they argue that wealthier nations are essentially hoarding these medicines that they've developed. Uh, in the words of one source who's familiar with some of the support among progressive lawmakers here in the U.S., they say uh, we're not all safe until everyone is safe. Brian, we should note, I just got a statement in from the office of the U.S. Trade Representative who will have jurisdiction over this issue and who I believe will make the final decision. And it says that they are uh, using every avenue to coordinate with their global partners. Back to you. Yeah, that could open it up broadly to your point to more manufacturing, to sharing facilities, to sharing supply chains and distribution and getting us past that two and a half million mark a day where we stand right now. It seems like a no brainer. I mean, if there ever was. It certainly is this. Mm-hmm. And especially since, since it's temporary suspension. And the whole the whole thing that we're not all safe until that we're not safe until everybody's safe is is true mm-hmm. in this respect because it's a goddamn virus. Mm-hmm. And then until we have global herd immunity, we're not going to get past this thing. Right. So and also, what's the downside? Really, that's the question. What's the downside mm-hmm. that a company a, a wildly wealthy company worth hundreds of billions of dollars is it doesn't make a few more billion dollars. Mm-hmm. I think they'll be okay. And the fact that many of these companies took billions of dollars from the United States government. They took it from we the people. Mm-hmm. Uh, whatever. Suspend them. And let's get on with business. Let's yeah. get on to, to getting back to normal, especially when we're the wealthiest, most powerful nation on the earth, oh, America. Well, and this has been days now that this has been a decision that is being weighed. And I, I guess I I am aware that it is likely far more complicated than I understand. But in terms of the damage that could be inflicted if this decision is not made, yeah, I, I don't know how people are arguing against it. Yeah, I was thinking of a transition onto the next one, which is about student loans, mm-hmm. because it's kind of the same thing. Mm-hmm. And we're going to play a clip here. That was the worst, sloppiest transition segue in the history of segues, I think. Well, but just you have a little bit of similarity, and you can get there. I we're think. here. We're here now. Mm-hmm. Just let's let's look forward. Quit looking back, everybody. That just happened. Just don't focus on that. Let's focus on the topic ahead. Yeah. <laughs> There's this little video that's out on Twitter. That's um, a little video. It, I don't know. How long is it? Let's see. Let's see. It's 33 seconds long. It is Chuck Schumer standing partially distanced away from Elizabeth Warren and Mendez from from New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And they're talking about suspending, uh, pressuring Joe Biden, Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. to suspend $50,000 worth of student loan debt. For everybody in America. And I'm, I don't want to be cynical about this, but this seems like a strange, like not a ploy, but it seems odd that they're being so public about their push for Americans to pressure Joe Biden. We could talk about it on the other side. So people, folks listening, whether you have the debt, have a friend who has the debt, believe it's the right thing. We're asking you, email, call, write. 
President Joseph Robinette Biden and tell him you want this done. We're trying to get as many people to contact the White House as possible. And frankly, we told this to Joe Biden. And he said, go ahead, let it rip. So let's show him what kind of support there is out there for this great plan that Elizabeth, Bob, and I, and many, many others are pushing. Let's get this done. Well, I am happy that they're not letting up. You can feel however you want to feel, cynical person over there. Oh, yeah. You know me. Traditionally, the cynical But one. I'm super jazzed, especially since uh, 10 hours ago, CNBC reported that Joe Biden has requested that Education Secretary Miguel Cardona prepare a report on the president's legal authority to cancel up to $50,000 in student loan debt per borrower. That is promising. Yes. So this is a good sign because on the campaign trail, Joe Biden has maintained that he was supportive of canceling $10,000 in student loan debt, Mm -hmm. but he wouldn't go higher than that. And even he was asked at a town hall, I believe at a CNN town hall, about $50,000, and he brushed it off as being ridiculous. I mean, he reacted as though it was a ridiculous proposition. Yeah, yeah. But now it seems like the pressure is really on him because... Elizabeth Warren, Chuck Schumer, and Bob Menendez haven't given up. Yeah, Menendez. I said his name wrong, like a, <laughs> like a, like a dumb shit. So anyway, did, did you? Yeah, I think I called him Mendez. Hmm. It didn't sound right coming off my tongue. And then anyway, I'm not gonna. We're not gonna waste a bunch of show time me talking about how I forgot about a guy who's been indicted several times, or at least under investigation multiple times. So anyway, um. I, I don't want to be cynical because that's really, I, I, you know, that's not my thing. But it just seems odd to me that a group of senior senators are going to pressure the White House of the same party in this public way. I don't know. I don't know. It, it just it's it's maybe it's just a new way of doing business that I'm not used to that makes me feel weird, tingly feelings. I don't So does that mean that you think Joe Biden is already in favor of doing this and that he just wants them to put on a show that he is then willing to be changed by the Mm. leadership? Is that what you're getting at or what? No, I wasn't getting at anything. It just, it's odd to me because it's unusual, but that, that could be, that could very well could be. But then if that's the case, why wouldn't Joe Biden just be the hero and swipe of a pen, make it happen? Mm -hmm. Because these numbers are arbitrary. If he can do 10,000, why can't he do 50,000? Right. If he can do 50,000 by the swipe of a pen, why can't he do 100,000? Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't make much sense to me. If he has the authority to cancel debt, student loan debt, then he has the authority. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, again, love to know what you think. 657-464-7609. Email your voice memos to idoubtit at dollamore.com. The other thing that's happening right now that really we're only going to briefly talk about because there are so many things happening, coming in hot as we speak. Like every hour, there's a new update from the, the New York Times uh, blasting out reporting about Matt Gates. Yeah. A remarkable and insane story. So first, it was that he was under investigation for a sexual relationship with an underage girl. That's right. Now, new reporting is coming out that he's being linked with this this former tax collector in Florida, Joel Greenberg, and he was indicted last year on a federal sex trafficking charge and other crimes. Well, Matt Gates apparently is buddies with Greenberg and apparently real close buddies. Yeah, so they were meeting women through websites that connect people to go on dates in exchange for various things including money and gifts and like prostitution sites travel or like those allowances oh so like those sugar sugar daddy sites uh tell us about those oh really tell what? me tell you about them when you were just telling me downstairs about it well you're gonna try to do that to me on the show well i <laughs> i was talking about the sugar babies and you mentioned oh, the so sugar that's daddies diff- that's different well, well, a sugar daddy, mm-hmm. by extension, has a sugar baby. Sure. But yeah, let me tell you all about all of the knowledge that I have, you know, because I have so much money that I can be a sugar daddy to someone. Yes. So <laughs> anyway, Matt Matt Gates is denying ever paying a woman for sex. Of course he is. 
And he's denying that he ever had sex with a 17-year-old girl. Mm-hmm. He also denies being a dumb shit like every day of his life. And we know that's not true. So. He he made a tweet thread when all this broke and said he was the victim mm-hmm. of a blackmail scheme. Yeah, extortion scheme. Right. Right. And that the, that the DOJ knows about that they were wearing wires to try to thwart. Right. See, what's what's a problem for Matt Gates is that like the New York Times is getting involved and they have now reviewed receipts from Cash App and Apple Pay that show payments from Matt Gates. He's paying with Apple Pay. The ultimate the ultimate trail. I mean, come on, dude. Yeah. Use cash, bro. Well, and I mean, so- wouldn't that seem like the thing that a mastermind criminal would do? And listen, I know it seems strange, but the women who had sex with them ended up telling their friends about it and right, right. like talking about oh, it. That's the other thing that's being reported is that he, it, it is reported that he has showed other house members, even on the floor of the house, naked pictures of women he claims to have had sex with. Mm-hmm. Real class act Matt Gates. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm shocked. It's so shocking. <laughs> right, right, In right. so and many also, different ways. He's QAnon adjacent. He's a guy who gives a lot of space to the Marjorie Taylor Greens and the, the Laura Loomer. I don't know if she's a specific QAnon idiot, but he's like campaigning with her. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's, he's the fringiest of the fringe and still somehow considered mainstream Republican. It's just how exhausting is it with all of the moralizing that constantly goes on with these people? Oh, yeah. Only to have these stories come out again and again and again. I mean, it's a red flag when people become very popular for the moralizing because (laughs) you just basically need to, like, sit back and watch and wait for something like this to happen. Yeah. You know that uh, Liz Cheney right now is just like, ah, oh, yes, victory. Because he went to Wyoming and sat on like the Capitol steps or something. Maybe it was the steps of a bank or whatever. And he's like, oh, Liz Cheney, bad Republican. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, this guy's a, this guy is uh, in the mold of Donald Trump, taking his cues from Donald Trump. Speaking about that, after we talk about this, I do want to talk about Donald Trump's little display where he hijacked the wedding, because that's too good not to talk about. But I've got a couple clips here. It looks like you have something to say. Well, I just want to add to the statement that uh, Matt Gates released. I'm just going to read the whole statement. Oh, okay? yeah, please. Matt Gates has never paid for sex. <laughs> Matt Gates. That's what he takes issue with. Matt Gates refutes all the disgusting allegations completely. Matt Gates has never been on any such websites whatsoever. What's with the third person thing? Matt Gates. Well, I think this is probably his representative oh, or something. Okay. Matt Gates. But it starts with his full name every time. Every yeah. sentence. Matt Gates cherishes the relationships in his past and looks forward to marrying the love of his life. What is. Our Republic, our our capable communications professionals, is there like a, a drought of them? Is the Republican Party bereft of talented communicators? Because this is the equivalent of Donald Trump's um, design, whoever does his design, that it's just like whatever font it is, just bold, crazy letters and misspelled words. They're all like this. So you may be wondering, well, what is he really in trouble for? I mean, obviously the underage situation, but with this, with the women that with the gifts and the travel and the blah, blah, blah. So obviously it's not illegal to provide another adult with a hotel room. Unless or you're using campaign cash for that. A meal or whatever. Yeah. But prosecutors believe, according to reporting from the New York Times, that they can prove that the payments to the women were for sex. And then that would allow them to accuse Matt Gates of trafficking the women under force, fraud, or coercion. And this is because prosecutors have been able to file sex trafficking charges in the past against people suspected of providing people drugs in exchange for sex, for example, oh, yeah. because that is seen as a form of coercion. That's the other thing I read, that there it's just like an ecstasy-fueled boner fest for this guy yeah so there's a lot i mean there could be federal judge drug charges there could be prostitution charges there could be sex trafficking charges there could be sex trafficking a minor 
charges because if he's flying a 17-year-old girl around for the purposes of having sex and buying her hotel rooms and whatever else, it's not looking good for little Matty Gates. Mm-hmm. Uh, here he is on Tucker the other night. He was breaking news. Tucker was the first one to have him on. And he tries to sabotage Tucker Carlson, tries to drag him into all of this and make him a material witness in the case. And I only know what I've read in the New York Times. Uh, I can say that actually you and I went to dinner uh, about two years ago. Your wife was there and I brought a friend of mine. You'll remember her. And she was actually threatened by the FBI, told that if she wouldn't cop to the fact that somehow I was involved in some pay for play scheme, Uh, that she could face trouble. And so uh, I do believe that there are people at the Department of Justice who are trying to smear me, uh, you know, providing for flights uh, and hotel rooms for people that you're dating who are of legal age is not a crime. Uh, And I'm just troubled that the lack of any sort of legitimate uh, investigation into me would then permute, would then convert into this extortion attempt. I, I don't remember the, the woman you're speaking of or the context amazing. at all, honestly. But uh, I, uh, amazing. Also, Tucker's like, no, no. I did, I did a video on this the other day, and I was so I, I watched the video, and then I do the video, and then watch it then, and then I watch it a few times while I'm editing. And uh, Tucker Carlson, you can watch. He's trying to play it straight, and then he can't help it. You know his. His that look like he's a dog trying to figure out how a magic trick was done. Yeah, he he's like his brow starts to furrow more. He's he's I mean it's 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 visible that he is not happy with what's happening. Yeah, and at the end he's oh. like, bro, don't do this to me. Right, don't do this. And then the great thing is at the very end of the show. This is not right after the segment. At the end of the show. He's gathered his thoughts enough, figured out how he wants to distance himself, and ha- this is how he raps talking about the Matt Gates interview. Matt Gates interview, that was one of the weirdest interviews I've ever conducted. That story <laughs> just appeared in the news a couple of hours ago, and on the certainty that there's always more than you read in the newspaper, we immediately called Matt Gates and asked him to come on and tell us more, which, as you saw, he did. I don't think that clarified much. Uh, but it certainly showed this is a deeply interesting story, and we'll be we'll be following it. Don't quite understand it, but we'll bring you more when we find out. A deeply interesting story. He doesn't quite understand it, but he'll be following it. He's like justifying why they had him on the show. Look, I didn't have him on to to exonerate him. I, I don't even know what's going on. What's the I, who what dinner? Huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can you imagine that dinner party? No. And Tucker Carlson and Matt Gates. Hey, a Tucker, a nightmare. You want some ecstasy, bro? You want to get? You want to roll with me, bro? Yeah, <laughs> I'm. I'm sure they're into all kinds of stuff. Speaking of all kinds of stuff, Brittany Page, please talk about. Let's talk about the Donald Trump crashing the Mar. Another Mar-a-Lago wedding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he wandered into a wedding reception at Mar-a-Lago. And he gave a rousing congratulations speech. To the happy couple? That's right. Sure. <laughs> let's talk about what he said. So this is what d- he... D- let's do this. There's a transcript. Just read the transcript. We don't need to talk about it. We don't need to analyze it. Just read the transcript and let everybody else make up their mind. Okay, so this is me... As Donald Trump at a wedding toasting a happy couple. Okay? (laughs) You know, I just got... I turned off the news. I get all these flash reports and they're telling me about the border. They're telling me about China. They're telling me about Iran. How we're doing with Iran. How do you like that? Boy, they were ready to make a deal. They would have done anything. They would have done anything. And this guy goes and drops the sanctions. And then he says, we'd love to negotiate now. And Iran says, we're not dealing with the United States at all. Oh, well, they don't want to deal with us. And China, the same thing. They never treated us that way, right? You saw what happened a few days ago. Was terrible. And uh, the border is not good. The border is the worst anybody's ever seen it. And what you see now, multiply it times 10, Jim. He's the only one I know who would handle the border tougher than me. We have to. And the tough is, in the most humanitarian way, because that's what it is, what's happening to the kids. They're living in squalor. They are living like nobody has ever seen. There's never been anything like what's 
and you're going to have hundreds and you have it now and they have the airplane photos, the shocks, and they call them shocks. And these things are showing thousands and thousands of people coming up from South America. And it's going to be it just uh, look, it's a disaster. It's a humanitarian disaster from their standpoint, and it's going to destroy the country. And frankly, the country can't afford it because you're talking about massive, just incredibly massive amounts, our school systems, our hospital systems, everything. So it's a rough thing. And I just say, do you miss me yet? We did get 75 million votes. Nobody's ever gotten that. They said, <laughs> get 66 million votes, sir, and the election's over. We got 75 million, and they said, but, you know, you saw what happened, 1030 in the evening, all of a sudden, I said, that's a strange thing. Why are they closing up certain places, right? Now, a lot of things happening right now. I just want to say, it's an honor to be here. It's an honor to have you at Mar-a-Lago. You are great. You're a beautiful couple. <laughs> Speaking of illicit drug use, goddamn. So I think he's dipping into Junior's Coke stash or something. I'm sure they're very grateful <laughs> to have those words of wisdom to carry them through their marriage and help them when times get tough. Because the first person you want to get advice from about marriage is Donald Trump. They will remember that advice for the rest of their life. Seriously. It's going to stay with them. The do you miss me part, <laughs> do you miss me yet, is my, mwah, that's yeah. the best. Well, you know how people love to talk about um, international relations and humanitarian crises at the border at their wedding? Yeah, That's like yeah, a yeah. popular wedding topic, so. A man who absolutely enhanced those things? Yeah. <laughs> uh, the answer's no. Mm -hmm. We do not miss you. Yep. So that's what you get when you have a wedding at Mar-a-Lago, apparently. Can you even imagine that? Having a fucking wedding at Mar-a-Lago. Gross. Mm -hmm. You'd have to have your wedding planner go through with a blacklight before you, before you have the ceremony. Yikes. Yikes, indeed. Anyway, all right, let's wrap this up. It's the asshole of today. The Minnesota Supreme Court. And Minnesota state law, I think, too. Just Minnesota, I guess. Minnesota right now. Sorry if you're from Minnesota, but you need to get on your stick and, uh, or the shtick or whatever and influence your legislature to get shit done over there. So this is why. They unanimously ruled this week that a man cannot be found guilty of rape because the woman that he raped got drunk voluntarily beforehand. Yeah. I mean... So it overturned this decision, overturned his prior conviction of third-degree criminal sexual conduct, which had been upheld by an appeals court and granted him the right to a new trial. Disgusting. Yeah. And they talk about rape culture. And I used to be someone who's like, oh, I don't know, I logically explain it away... But come on, the laws are set up for dudes, for Brock Turners, for this asshole. There's too many of these stories. There's just too many. I mean, just period, flatly stated. There are too many of these goddamn cases. So the man who was originally convicted, he's been incarcerated since his sentencing in 2019. His attorney said that he expects him to be released soon. And so this this case is what what happened was the woman went to a bar in a neighborhood with a friend. The bouncer refused to let her into the bar because she was drunk, according to the court records. That's when the man who ended up raping her and two other men approached her and her friend and invited them to a party, um, drove them to a house. Then the friend later testified that the woman laid down on the couch, fell asleep. When she woke up, she saw that this man was raping her and told him that she didn't want to have sex. He said, quote, but you're so hot and you turn me on. The woman then lost consciousness and woke up in the morning with her shorts around her ankles. So this seems like a very straightforward case. And he was convicted. About as straightforward. I mean, it, he was justifiably convicted. Right. But Minnesota, according to the Washington Post, is among a majority of states that treat intoxication as a barrier to consent only if the victims became drunk against their will. God damn. 
As of 2016, intoxication provisions in 40 states did not include situations in which someone chose to consume drugs or alcohol. 40 states. It, this doesn't... I, I did not know that this was a thing until I read about this case. And this is insane to me. So th what you need to do is get on the email, get on the phone, talk to your state representative to your legislature you know your state legislative uh, representative whether it be senate or state house or the assembly whatever they call it there or if you're in nebraska it's unicameral there's only one body get on the phone get on the email put pressure on your elected representative to change these laws mm -hmm. in four-fifths of the united states it's like this mm -hmm. unacceptable yeah anyway Maybe there will be a taking care of biz as a result of this asshole of today. As in, the audience can take care of... I don't have to, you know, explain the joke. Anyway. A hilarious joke, Brittany. Okay. Hilarious joke. So, uh, yes. And I, I, I love that you're giving practical advice in response to this story because all I did was see red. That's, that's a reasonable rea reaction. Mm-hmm. I, I yeah. mean, it's... <laughs> Imagine how the victim feels. I mean, that really, therein lies the tragedy. Think about the woman who was raped and is now watching her rapist go free, mm -hmm. having his conviction be overturned. He will no longer be a felon. He will no longer be on a, a registered sex offender list. Mm -hmm. Disgusting. Anyway, as always, we would love to know, we would, we're at the end of the show now, as always, as a, oh, Jesus Christ, <laughs> you can do it. As always, we would love to know what you think. Six five seven four six four seventy six zero nine. Of course, you can always email a voice memo or a regular old fashioned email to I doubt it at dollamore.com. We are going to leave you there. We love you for your time. We love you for your loyalty. We love you for your listenership. If you would like to help support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash I doubt it podcast. Choose a tier for $2 a month, $5 a month for the cup, uh, the price of a cup of coffee a month. You can help support the show and help us expand, helping produce what we do here and help us move the conversation forward. We love you. We'll see you next time for Brittany Page. I'm Jesse Dollamore, and this has been... I doubt.